Welcome to the fish meeting. Four friends and disciples of Jesus Christ have been meeting and discussing God's word over the past 10 years with over 100,000 minutes together studying the scripture. And now they are making that study available to you. Listen in as they bring the Bible into their everyday lives. All right, let's get started this morning with a prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunities that you've given us in our lives to serve you. We just pray this morning for, um, for uh, both of the efforts that uh, Dr. B are involved in. Uh, and uh, just ask that you uh, that you continue to bless her and those efforts and all those that uh, that are involved and and we just ask Lord that you continue to show us opportunity to serve you in those ways and uh, this morning we ask specifically for you to bless this study um, as we continue our study in the in the in the uh, Sermon on the Mount we just uh, we we want to uh, learn from the sermon that Jesus gave how to how to exhibit the behaviors of the kingdom of God and. Uh, we know, Lord, that um, we don't know when that kingdom will come, but we know it's closer today than it was yesterday. And so we just ask that you help guide us in our study today, uh, open the hearts and the minds of all those who might be listening so we can learn even more ways about how we can live our lives to glorify your name, live our lives to please you. And that's that's uh, more than anything else, that's the prayer that we have, Lord, is that we please you. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, so we're uh, we're in the section uh, on prayer uh, in Matthew six five. Uh, we're spending all of our time in Matthew. Um, I don't know if we should jump over to. I think Luke uh, records this as well, but we'll stick with Matthew. I think that's been working for us. Um, and it says, and when you pray, and in this section, you'll remember when we started, uh, kind of this section. I think last week it, it talked about giving to the needy. Right? Uh, speaking of those uh, those uh, mission the mission work that we do. Um, but it says when we when we do that, don't don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, right? Uh, give in secret. We talked about how you know that's um, we don't do that for our own glory, but we do that for His. And so uh, if we seek our own glory through the efforts of serving Him, that we get our, our rewards here in heaven. And that same concept uh, about who it is that we serve and why it is that we do it is carried forth into prayer. This is when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their full reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sin. I think those last two verses uh, are important ones in the and it's especially important about knowing what you know what it is that they're that they're telling us. I do want to read this in uh, in Luke um, as well because it's slight it's slightly different. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Of course, the meaning is exactly the same. Oh, I guess this isn't in uh, I guess it isn't in Luke. So we'll just pause there and, and talk about it. So I think right off the bat, addressing God as the Father brings a level of intimacy uh, and uh, and 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 it opens us up to God in a way that all those uh, uh, rituals and traditions and and uh, and the magnanimity of you know of maybe of God that was created that people were so scared because you touch the tabernacle and you're going to die so 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 this is a big uh, departing from that and and starting a conversation with God as you have with your own family member. So that's uh, it's, it's just amazing that that's right there in the first uh, line because that's going to open your heart or, or prepare your heart for the right kind of prayer and not just repeating like we read in the some verses before. Don't, don't keep repeating the words. Don't think that your prayer is going to be most effective because you are choosing a lot of words. 
and there is no heart connection there. It's just like you're going to a temple and you offering your sacrifice and then saying some scripted prayer and and thinking that that's acceptable to God. Looks like it's not. It's mm-hmm. the it's it's your heart that's connecting with God through some kind of a emotion. So now prayer is becoming a lot more involved than what we think of prayer. Even in our New Testament way of living, we find a need and we just go and repeat that need to God. But I wonder if if we have made that heart connection with God uh, before saying anything to Him. So I think this starts right there. Uh, and there is so much in that. And, and I'm, I'm always thinking about the genius of God who has designed this in such a way that he put it in the first line. Look, your thing is not going to be effective if your heart's not connecting with me. So let me, let me reveal that fact right there. Yeah, it's about the object, right? We talked about that uh, in, in terms of faith before where people say just have faith. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we don't finish uh, that sentence, right? The, it's not just having faith, but it's having faith in Christ. And uh, yeah. it's not just praying but it's praying to God the Father. Praying to God the Father and, and, and having a relationship with Him first, you know, and, uh, and it does make sense even at the human level. When we talk to one another, we want the other person to kind of connect with us and not just ask us some favor. Uh, and when the person connects, then even if the person asks a favor, there is a whole different level of now granting that favor than if it was just by, uh, you know, without connection. Yeah, but I think this goes back to intent because if your intentions are true or if they're, you know, if they're just your, your real intentions, they're automatically connected to your emotion because you feel strongly about something. You, you really want something or you really, even if your intent is to be conniving, you really want to get your way. So I feel like that's where you really disclose, you know, your true intentions, which is what God knows. I think that's when you really disclose how you feel about what you're doing. So I don't think it's something where you have to cognitively decide to have emotion and the connection with God. I think it happens, you know, and only you and God know what your true motives are. So I think the lesson here is if your true motives are to get something, over the relationship with God, you're in the wrong place. Right. You have to have the relationship with God, and that ties in, Sunil, what you were saying and the intent that goes all through the Bible. It makes perfect sense to me like that. So, so Sherry, you mean God has put a lot of AI in us? It's going to do all the behind-the-feed work, right? Yep. <laughs> no, no, this is great. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it fits into the intent part. That's, that's exactly what it is. But I... You know, as we read these things, every time we get a new meaning. And I looked at this first line, and it really jumped out at me that, wow, this is just amazing. And, uh, and, and the word Father there, now it, it totally took the connection of a God that is sitting on some throne and managing the universe, and it brought it as close to you as your own home. And... Uh, and it broke down all the barriers that were there between you and God. And, and God says, look, this is how. Because if Jesus gave this, there had to be some big deal behind this. And, uh, and I think we, and, and you know what happened with this prayer? We just made it like a vain repetition. We just say the prayer and we have no idea of our connection to God and this and that. And 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 we took this and made it another ritual. Right. I, I know I, I I grew up on this prayer as a kid, but had no idea what it is. So That's so true. just to focus a little bit more on that first line, and I love what where this has gone. But as you've been talking about it, I was thinking how so many people stumble over the fact that they that Jesus called out our father because their their human fathers may not have been such nice guys. They could have been abused, they could have been abandoned. You know, they have worldly experience with a human father. 
that when they think of father, it's not necessarily a good thing that they want to draw to. And my mind also went to, I wonder, so having been in other cultures where the relationship between children and parents is very different than our relationship. So we, we come to it with our knowledge of, of a parent-child relationship. When we were in Senegal, the, the fathers pretty much ignored the children until they got to a certain age. You know, when they were toddlers, they, they pretty much, the, the mother took care of everything and, and the, the kids. So I just wonder, in the culture, when, when Jesus presented this, and I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder what the perspective was. And was this audacious and totally different than their uh, perception and what kind of an impact that has. Because you're right, Sunil, we've kind of grown up with reciting this over and over, whether you're doing the um, rosary or you're in church or wherever, where it just becomes a root memorization and repeating. Um, Just wonder what kind of impact that was. And you may have more insight into the cultural aspect than I do or or the rest of us do, but that's kind of what my mind went when you were talking about that. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is going deeper, and uh, I think I'm liking the discussion. You actually peeled a little bit of the onion, Dr. B, on this about how, you know, in reality, a lot of people don't have the, the father example, and how does this apply to them? And, and there is so much truth in that. Just uh, last night, we watched a thing on some a TV channel where they were showing a, a mom and dad who had, I think, 10, uh, 13 or 15 kids, and they were chaining those kids to the beds, and they were abusing them like crazy. And these children were aged from, I don't know, very small to 29-year-old, uh, and they had never been gone out, and, and one of the girls uh, this was, I think, on, on all kinds of news and everything a few years back. Uh, she, she, she said that um, when she sees her dad, she thinks of a monster. So, so, so that, and, and that part is true, but this is coming from Jesus. So this has all the grace in it to, to change that heart that has faced such kind of uh, negative meaning of the word father. Uh, and... And, but here, I think, when Jesus taught this, the Jewish people, they could not even imagine calling God the Father because they had a, a very different impression of God and there was a lot of fear around it, not the reverential fear that we talk about. So departing from that was uh, uh, definitely revolutionary at the time. And, and uh, I, I think... What, what, what I'm feeling is the intent here is transferring from the old covenant to the new covenant, that this is how the new way of living is going to be, that God is going to dwell in you, and, and, and you don't have to go into those big buildings with all the gold and silver and steps here and do wash your feet here and wash your face there. You have now a straight relationship, open relationship with God. And, and, and I think the Father word there is to, to kind of help people understand uh, in that context that God is available to you, just like your own Father. Now, obviously, now in our society, and maybe even then, there must have been a lot of abuse and people did have negative impressions of, of Father, but God's going to provide the grace now to overcome that. And also, if we did not have an earthly father that we can take as an example, this tells us that God is your father. You don't even have to rely on your earthly father. You rely on God as your father. And then see where your life goes once you make that connection. Yeah, I like that. I like that uh, the image of relying on him, right? Because there's a certain, um, there's a certain um, element of, of protection, support, right, uh, that's in here um, by starting this prayer that way. And, you know, instead, of, instead of, of, of being in charge of things ourselves and then looking to God to help us in our, in our desires and wills, uh, it's flipped around, right, and turning our lives over to him 
and relying on him for that for that protection, you know, and, and support and, and comfort and peace as we serve him. Yeah, that's why, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I did find it in Luke. Uh, it's interesting because Luke doesn't have it as part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's later on, and it's it's after he sends out um, the uh, he sends out seventy two. You know, he sends out his twelve disciples, and then he sends out uh, seventy two. Uh, says the Lord appointed seventy two others to, and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town. Uh, and then and then it says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples." So. So Matthew puts it in the Sermon on the Mount in connection with the attitude section, right? Like Sherry was saying, it's our intentions. Um, and uh, Luke has it uh, as an answer to the question, right? They saw him praying and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. And Matthew said, forgive us our debts. Um, that might be a translation uh, thing. Um, but, I, but uh, it's interesting to see the connection between sins and debt, right? Because when we talk about uh, what Christ did for us on the cross, he paid the debt of sin or the wage of sin for us, which is death. And he says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into, into temptation. And uh, in uh, Luke, he actually gives an example where he says this to him after he teaches them how to pray. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That's an interesting uh, analogy, or that's an interesting example of, uh, of, the, of, the, Lord's, of the application of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, that tells so, about I, persistence, mm-hmm. that you didn't hear an answer. Uh, that doesn't mean that's the end of the story. You persist in your prayer, and um, God will answer. Now, I don't know if here Luke's comparing God to that person, right? In, because there's a negative connotation of the person there, uh, even though he answers, but he's not answering out of a good heart. Yeah, if you think about the scripture that says, uh, if your if your earthly fathers give you what the things that are good for you, just think about what your heavenly father will do. So certainly it's not a comparison, but uh, if yeah. the earthly person who's you know who's not wanting to be bothered <laughs> will answer because of your persistence, mm-hmm. think about the God who loves you and wants to answer. Um, yeah, and uh, and I think the key is you know what we've been saying all along. Um, the, the intention or the, the manner in which we pray. And I don't, you know, I don't think necessarily repeating these exact words, you know, in rote memorization is the answer, but, but, the, uh, but the pattern is, right? And so, like we've been saying all along, the, the, the start of this is, is that relationship with the Father. And then the, the very next thing is to pray for his, his kingdom to come, his will to be done. And, and Jesus gives us a great example of that in Gethsemane when he says, you know, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thine be done. And, um, and, then, and then the next thing that, that he prays for is the necessities, right? not, not the luxuries, uh, although, you know, I think um, that's a whole other study, right, uh, about the abundant life that he came to give. But, you know, when, when we talked about those intentions, like what Sherry was saying, and uh, this is why I think Jesus can say, ask whatever you want in my Father's name and it will be given to you. Um, the the it's not that we can you know it's not like it's a magic uh, phrase right that we can utter and get whatever we want but when our heart is to serve him when our relationship is with him and when when we're uh, desirous of living spiritually then ask what we what we need right give us our daily bread and that's a that, that's a connection back to the time in the desert when when God provided on a daily basis and and I, I think there's you know if we think about how that happened. They were to go out and collect daily the bread, not to co- collect more. And, and anything that they, that they gathered um, that they didn't use spoiled before the next day. So they had to go out each and every day for their daily bread, with the exception of the Sabbath. Right? The day before the Sabbath, they collected two days' worth of bread, and that bread lasted through the Sabbath. It didn't spoil. And so uh, he's saying, pray for God's will to be done, 
on earth just as it is in heaven, and then pray for our necessity. You know, uh, there's there's several places in Scripture that promises that God will provide for our needs, uh, and then it goes into the forgiveness section. But I, we can pause there and talk about the you know the daily bread portion and, and the Lord's will. I, you know, I've heard some say that by by praying, you know, like Jesus did, uh, not my will but thine be done. That that's a, a prayer killer. I've heard people say that, and that we shouldn't say that, right? We should pray for what we want. And uh, but I don't think that's the example that Jesus gave us. I think we should, right? It says to bring our in th- with prayer and thanksgiving, uh, bring our our needs to God. So I think we should pray for the things that we want or desire, um, given the intention to to please Him. But ultimately, it's not our will that we want to be done. I think those who are wanting to serve Him should pray for His will. Yeah. So I think well, I have touched a ton of things in in that conversation, and we need to kind of back up because there's a lot there to unpack. Not that I I haven't written it down, so I don't know that I can unpack it all through my head. But the the first thing I thought of was the Lord's Prayer really is the beginning, and to have a study just of how to pray and what to pray. We could, we could take bits and pieces of the Bible because he's talked about this a lot. And I think that would be a great study for us um, to do. But the, the fact that you would go back to where you started with, with Luke and uh, the example of the person that was at the door and knocking. Many times in the Bible, Jesus tells us to keep knocking, to keep asking, uh, to keep to pray continually. Um, you know, the woman that went to the judge. Um, there's many examples where you keep coming to God. And I don't, I don't think it's to coerce God, to tire him out. God doesn't get tired out. But it's for ourselves. If every time we ask God for something, we got it. It'd be like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. That's not what God is. And sometimes, this goes a little bit further into this, um, I'm peeling this onion, sometimes we don't get what we want because the timing's not right, it's not right for us, we don't understand the big picture, God has bigger dreams for us than we could even dream of, and so um, keep coming to him and asking him for his will be done, give us the best, give us what you want us, even though we're asking for this, give us what we want us what you want for us, because that's even better. You know, I, I, you all know that I applied for something and I didn't get it, and I was a little disappointed about it, but I accepted it. And then, I don't know, a week later, two weeks later, I got something even better. And that's, I think, part of the lesson in, in the prayer and, and what you were talking about. And I'm not sure I unpacked it all, but those were some of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about it, Tim. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it, you know, I, I, I stopped a little early in Luke, um, but I think that's the, the next thing that, that it says in Luke, right? Because the, what he draws from that example is, so I say to you, this is in Luke 9, 11, 9, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened, right? And I, I think the, the lesson there is, right, to go to the Father and ask. And, and you know, to do that in a way, like you said, that, that um, we want his will to be done. But he says, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks finds the one who knocks, the door will be open. And this is that uh, the next scripture that we quoted a second ago. Which of your which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Right? And and uh and so that uh, not only, you know we talked about this from the the frame of reference of children and how their interactions with their earthly fathers have gone in various cultures, um, but what about those fathers out there, right, who were the ones acting that way in those various cultures? What kind of lesson is it for fathers, uh, you know, who don't see in themselves and, until they think about it in this way, the way God the Father reacts to us? I think we're being too literal uh, with some stuff. I mean, when it says pray continuously, that doesn't mean, in my mind, what that means is have a relationship. If you can't pray continuously to get your way. But if praying is your go-to, and that's what you do, it's a part of your life, that's 
speaks to the relationship that Sunil talked about earlier. It speaks to intent. It speaks to belief. It speaks to faith. It speaks to confidence in God. And so praying continuously um, to me means it has to be a part of your, your life. It can't be when you want something. Right. And I don't think that God answers prayers unless the relationship is there truthfully to begin with. So, again, it starts with intent. And, um, and, and you know, the other thing, too, is that so, not everybody is on the same, like we've talked about this before, not everybody's in the same place on their path. So I want to be really careful. I have a reaction when we talk about how people say the Lord's Prayer because I don't agree. I think it's a stereotype that it's rote memory, um, you know, my son had to learn the meaning behind the value of a dollar, but now he has habits in his life that I'm sure he doesn't go back to those lessons. You know, my mother was taught exactly what the Lord's Prayer meant. And even if she said it with the rosary or she said it, you know, out of rote memory, that is in her. Um, so I'm a little uncomfortable kind of categorizing everybody that says it that way, especially with regard to Catholicism. I don't... Um, I always thought about those words when I said it. So, so Sherry, let me just address that since you're talking about it before we go off on something else. You know, my comments were not um, for anybody other than me. So I'm not, uh, I'm not judging anyone who's Catholic about, about that. Uh, but I, I think that when you say the same words over and over, it, for me, it wasn't like if I'm having a prayer from my heart. And so... I just want to make sure that, that, you know, you're right. We're not criticizing anybody for anything that they do um, within, their, um, the, within their relationship with, with God because everybody does have their own path. You're absolutely right. So if I sounded harsh, I, I just want to make sure I apologize. No, it's, uh, no it's, it's all whatever we say is from our personal, you know, experience. Like uh, when before, before – before being born again, I had no idea any of these things that I was speaking, saying. Now, it does bring some kind of a solace to you because it's a spiritual thing and it's going to bring some, some effect. But I had no understanding of it. I probably couldn't have spoken at all. I couldn't have even understood why it says our father. So I think that uh, the, obviously, even when we discuss different meanings can go in our minds too. Uh, but if we go back to the basics, we have to look for the context. Okay, what is before this prayer and what is after this? So the disciples wanted, because uh, John the Baptist was teaching his disciples how to pray, so Jesus' disciples wanted him to tell, tell, tell them how to pray. So Jesus gave them this model prayer. And in this prayer, it, I was going to say probably, but it's coming from Jesus. It touches every element that should be in a prayer. And, and, and we are just, uh, you know, parsing it line by line. And then we are also commenting on it based on our own personal experiences because we haven't done any PhD course on this kind of thing. So we are just saying things from our own experiences. And I think we have to take those, those things at that face value uh, because this is definitely not a thesis that uh, everybody is going to accept. This is, uh, this is just a personal commentary. And, but at the same time, there is so much PhD level stuff in this that it's enjoyable to kind of read it and, and address and talk and hear other people's opinions about the same line. Uh, there is so much juice in this that, uh, I mean, I, I'm really enjoying this whole conversation uh, because different, I never saw that first line the way I saw today, even though, I, as I said, I grew up on this prayer. Uh, many times I must have repeated this when I needed something to be answered, and uh, I never saw that line like I'm seeing today. So the Holy Spirit is kind of just stirring us up giving us different things and bringing different contexts into our mind. And even whatever we are saying, we Sherry brought a very good point. The other people, you know, in the community at large may not actually feel that way, the way one of us or all of us or two of us or three of us may feel. Uh, 
So I think I, that, that tells me the Holy Spirit's right here again, sitting yeah. in a chair with us. Yeah. You feel that every well, Saturday. <clears throat> or are you going to say something, Sherry? Sorry. You know, I wanted a chance to respond uh, earlier. Uh, the reality is it wasn't, Cheryl, about what you said. Um, I've said that. We've all talked about that. That's something that, that's spoken about. It wasn't about your personal comments today. But what hit me, um, thinking about it in general, because uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about my mother this, this weekend and yesterday, simply because this is the time of year last year when things started to turn pretty serious for her. But what, what hit me was all of these earthly fathers are just that. They're earthly fathers who are being challenged by the wrong influences. You know, they're only human. God has to fill the gap. And that's what part of this means to me. But what I wanted to say is, you know, I was a Catholic before I was born again, and there are so many things that I feel much richer now, but it dawned on me. And, I, and if in the beginning, I, I was kind of resentful that I didn't learn certain things during my Catholic training. But what I realized in thinking about my mom is that it was such a huge stepping stone to get me to where I am. And she has things out of it that I've never thought about. So um, because I have certain feelings about, I'm working on certain things in myself about judging people. Um, like, for example, the work that you're doing, are going to be doing Cheryl with Samaritan's Purse. I have a little bit of negative feelings about that, and I'm trying to work on that. It's definitely my own personal shortcoming. But in the process of thinking about those things and how I think about stuff and, you know, examining the stick in my own eye, it dawned on me during our conversation, all of us, that, it is so true that we are all in the battle for our soul. I mean, there's definitely someone that's trying to challenge God to get it. And, you know, I think that there's ups and downs as we grow and we, we intensify our spirituality in which, you know, my thoughts aren't going to be good because someone else is winning at the moment. Ultimately, I know who's going to win. But anyway, it just came to mind, and I didn't want to make it sound like that was Cheryl. That wasn't my intent. Um, it's just a, I've talked about it before, and it was really important that people understand uh, when you're looking at other people and, and how they get to the place they are, what challenges they're overcoming that they might not even realize that's happening around them. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. We have no idea how the spiritual warfare that's happening around all of us uh, every day, and uh, we know it's real mm-hmm. because Satan desires to take every soul away from Jesus that he can Um, you know there are demons everywhere Uh, it's a it's a spiritual battle we can't see and it scares me and I'm thankful I can't see it Um, but yeah you're absolutely right and and just a little line into uh, a little commentary on that that the devil will also use so he works on all of us based on what we think and, you know, what are our interests and where we have a little bit of thing that he can convince us. He can also use the word of God. And yeah. in discussions like this, like a Bible study, to, to kind of <laughs> confuse us and, and, and get an entry. That thing that I mentioned, those parents who were abusing their children, <clears throat> So I was looking to, okay, what was the reason? What was the reason? Why they, like, because I couldn't imagine a parent doing something like that. And they gave their background. They were Christian. And, uh, and they were quoting things from the Bible to these children. Think of that. How, and, and, the, and, the, and the man was an engineer in um, Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman. He was making airplanes. So very educated people or at least the man, I don't know what the mother was, but somehow the devil got entry through God's word into them. And then they were behaving totally narcissistic because that's probably what happened in the end, that they were so narcissistic that they could not see how their own children are suffering like that. But that's how the, you know, the, 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 the spiritual warfare is all around us. And, and only by the grace of God that we survive because we even don't have the ability to, you know, decipher all these things. The devil's going to get entry into us. But at least by being born again, we know that he has entry and he is here or there or whatever because we can sense that since it doesn't line with the word of God. Yeah, I think the, and I think the lesson here, um, 
is is back to what we say a lot, right? Is the intention. So you know, I certainly agree that we don't want to be judgmental of people with the right intention, right? Because uh, we can <clears throat> we can live out our 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 rightful intentions in different ways, right? And, and uh, we we don't want to judge people for that. Um, but I don't want to overlook the fact that Jesus started this by saying, "Don't pray like the hypocrites. Right? Don't don't go on babbling like the pagans." And so, uh, you know, I think if there's if there's anybody that that prays for uh, the wrong intention, <clears throat> that's who we're talking to, uh, and that yeah. they should examine themselves and, and pray with the right intention, um, because there are people who pray with the wrong intention, right? So, um, so you know. In, in our in our desire not to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, I don't want to miss the opportunity for somebody who might think that they're doing the right thing to learn from Jesus in, in this section of, of the Sermon on the Mount, what is the correct intention? Yeah, but I think that um, if you are praying and you are have an outpouring of true emotion privately with God, it's never going to be babbling. Right. I think it's babbling when you are conscious and you're thinking, have I said enough to get what I want? Does this sound better? You know, what is it that he wants? That is manipulative, and that's babbling. But I think that it's a, you know, and this is those fine lines that the devil takes advantage of. Um, but if you truly have an outpouring of emotion, it doesn't matter how much or how long or how intense. If it's true feelings, it's going to be correct. And I think people should be fearless in that. Yeah, absolutely. When you hesitate, you babble. Yeah, and I would say the babbling also is uh, if your intent is for those who are listening, right? Not even, not even focused on God. If I'm saying things because of how I want you guys to think of me, right? That would be praying like the pagans or the hypocrites. I yep. think the and Holy think Spirit is Holy Spirit is all over Sherry today. Uh, yeah. uh, Sherry, uh, she's cracking us like beautifully. This is I'm so, so good. sorry. I, I don't mean to sound like that. I just, I got up at three and I have had a long conversation with him this morning. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, I think no, it's no, good. No, no. I'm, I'm benefiting from this. This is very good. Uh, I'm glad you are, you are, you are, you're making those little adjustments for us. Uh, and, you know, whatever you were saying, uh, that if the heart is right, you can pray for an hour. And, and, and to, to somebody else, it may look like babbling, but that person's actually not babbling. Right. He, is, mm-hmm. he or she is actually in, in touch with God. So that's very good. Yeah, the only other... Before I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to point out that the one thing I think we need to, to say is that if it is about in which we talked about in our hearts, but sometimes people pray with their heart for things that God doesn't want them to have or then are not right. And God's probably not going to answer that. Now, what they're praying for, they might get. It might happen out of their own manipulation or things. But it goes to praying for what God would have us pray for. And I think when our hearts get right with God, our desires change and we start to ask for what God wants us to ask for. So, um I just don't want any, and I know we all understand that. I just don't want anyone who might be listening to this that thinks that you can use prayer to manipulate the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things, go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say, you know, you said God won't answer that. I I think uh, God always answers. Sometimes his answer is no, right? And having faith in his will is accepting it when he says no. Yeah, but what I meant, Tim, was it might turn out the way you want it because of what you did, not because... I mean, God allows it to happen, right, or he doesn't. But, um, and and you're right, sometimes the answer is no. But sometimes I'll just say bad people or evil people get what they want because of situations that they have set up and things that happen. That doesn't mean that God endorses it. Right, just like Abraham and uh, Ishmael. Right. So one of the other things I thought about earlier was when we talked about, you know, give us this day our daily bread, in that whole situation, a lot of people, and this is the nuances where the bad stuff happens, a lot of people think that that means don't pray for stuff you don't need. But really, that in my mind, and this I could be off track, so, but in my mind, that is all about trust in your relationship right. with God. If you have the trust with, of, with God, then you don't need to take more because you know it will be there tomorrow. 
it wasn't about praying for surplus. It was about a representation of your relationship and, and how you feel. And I think that that ties again back in with the whole emotional, which apparently is our theme for today. But it just dawned on me that even when, and I, I probably going to say this wrong. Um, remember, was it Moses? Uh, who was it that was going to sacrifice their son? And then because they thought that was the right. Yeah. yeah. So, so Sunil, picture those parents you were referring to. They could have looked at that and thought that that was right because that's what Abraham was going to do in the Bible. But it wasn't about that. It was about his faith to do whatever God told him, no matter how he felt. And, of course, God stopped him. But the point is, without having the context, without having all of the scripture, without thoroughly understanding and having the relationship about it, just look at how difficult some of the things in the Bible can be used against people. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. The the Abraham part, once I was listening to a, a, a video class, a theology professor, I think he was trying to say Joseph or, or Moses, and he said Joseph. And then somebody told him, oh, Moses. He said, yeah, yeah, the other Joseph. <laughs> so Sherry was looking for that. That reminded me of that incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Sherry, about uh, the trust piece, right? Um, uh, it says elsewhere in Scripture, uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Who by worrying can add one hour to their life? So uh, it's that, that give us today our daily bread. That's, that's just trusting in God to provide. Uh-huh. And, and there uh, it says uh, on the give us this day. You know, if these words are speaking to me. It's, it doesn't say give me this day. So, so, so it's addressing us as individuals and as a community at large. We, you know, there has to be genius of God in this, in this uh, prayer that it's addressing a lot of things that we may not even think of. And so, so even though it is simple, yet it is solving the problem of the community at large, not just your own. So you are praying for us and not just for me. Yeah, and that the us that it does, and the us there too. It, it occurred to me as you were saying that, Sunil, that you know he's talking to people that he's sending out into the world, and yeah. and and they're gonna they're gonna come across people that oppose him, that try to arrest him, that try to kill him. You know, they're these are people that aren't. You know, uh, it's not it's he's not talking to. Um, it looks like it in Matthew because it's part of the Sermon on the Mount where he's talking to the masses. But when we see Luke. And it's his, it's his disciples that he, that he just talked to about going out into the world. And he said, some people are going to reject the message. If they do, shake the dust off your feet and say to them, you know, that, you know, they're, I forget the exact words, but, you know, I shake the dust off of this town and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be terrible for you when the, you know, when the time comes. Yeah. And, so, and so he's preparing people that are going to go out and, and spread the message of the gospel. And, and I think that's a, you know, I, I think there obviously as a model prayer, this is, there's lessons into it for us today and how we pray. But this isn't, this isn't specific to how you pray every time you pray, right? This, you know, there was an audience here that he was talking to um, about what he was asking them to go do. And then the next slide, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. There is much more meaning than just prayer, and we can really meditate on this and like Dr. B was saying, maybe have a study on this, how to pray, and that can be, you know, uh, well, what I think I'm trying to say is this is simple but profound. Yeah. And the profound part of it is where you can really break it apart and learn from it. The next line where it says, and forgive us our debts. And uh, I was doing a study on on, on that in, in, in some Places it says forgive us our sins, but but uh, I think of the commentary that I'm reading there it says I mean the version I'm reading it says debts, yeah. but that's actual meaning of that uh, sin it was sin is like our debt to God and we cannot repay that debt and that's why the 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 way out for that was the sacrifice of Jesus because we cannot fast enough to repay the debt of our sins or read the Bible enough or do Bible studies enough that needed the sacrifice and blood had to be shed and God took that upon himself and 
and, and here it's saying, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, which means that all these uh, hurts and grievances that we have accumulated through our life with people, we have to release them and we have to let them go from that. What a level of freedom it brings. I mean, talk of solving the world's problems. You can just solve the world's problems in those two lines. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So debt sounds like an equal sin. It's like a debt on your heart or on your soul. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah. And and the important... Go ahead, Sherry. I was just wondering if the interpretation may have been accurate. What what do you mean? You mean the... The, the sin oh, the and the debt, whether they are synonymous? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Tim was saying earlier that the translation might be off, but I'm wondering if it was accurate. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. I think in some translations it says debts. And what I read was that in the original Hebrew or, or whatever, you know, they were translating from the word sin actually uh, is synonymous with debt. Debt of so, sin. So it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and the importance of that <clears throat> of that of that verse twelve, um, I don't think can be overstated, and, and that's in fourteen and fifteen, right? If you forgive other people when they sin, so it actually uses debt and sin synonymously within this in this section of scripture. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sin. And uh, you know, I think that you know that highlights the importance of forgiveness. And, and, you know, we're over already, so maybe that's opening a can of worms because I think that's a, that bears a, a you know, a, a deeper discussion as well. But, you know, it's the same thing with the Lord's table, right? It says in Corinthians, if we go to the Lord's table to, to partake of the bread and the cup in remembrance of what Jesus did, don't do that in an unworthy manner. If you have something against someone else, go solve that first and then come back. And so if we harbor unforgiveness in our heart, uh, you know that's a barrier to to answer prayers for one thing. But um, you know I think the bigger thing is is you know that this is not the way society operates typically, and and we should you know forgive our you know it says forgive our debts, Lord, right? We want to be forgiven as we forgive others, and so because we're forgiven when when we do when we when we do things that are against God's will and we do things that oppose Him, um, and He forgives us for those just because we ask Him to forgive those. We should carry that same level of forgiveness in the relationships that we have. And, and you know, it doesn't mean allow people to do whatever they want to, and it doesn't mean that we um, make ourselves a doormat to be walked all over, but it means, like Lucina said earlier, that we, don't, that we don't continue to harbor those, you know, those, those ill feelings, right, in connection with hatred for your brother and all the stuff we talked about beforehand. You know, we should have a spirit of forgiveness. And, um, yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean that they were not wrong. They were wrong, but I choose to forgive because my Father in Heaven is forgiving me because I was wrong and He's choosing to forgive me. It's, and the, here, it's the same analogy Jesus gave with that parable where the king forgave the, the loan that uh, his servant owed him and then the servant goes out and chokes the, yeah. his fellow servant because he's not paying his loan to him. Yeah, so, Peter, uh, Peter asked him, how, how often? Uh, mm. and maybe we're coming up to that, but he said, "How often should we forgive the seven times?" And uh, and Jesus answered him, "No, you should forgive them seventy times seven. Yeah, which isn't a, a you know, it, it's not that we should count, but it means that you should forgive them as often as you need to forgive them. Yeah, and that's difficult. Well, you know? and, I, and I'm struck that seven is perfection. Right. Yeah. Well, and this is uh, this is another one of those times where clarity and understanding. Um, forgiveness does not equal acceptance. Not forgiveness does not equal right. Yeah, forgiveness does not equal lack of discernment. You know, you can forgive somebody and then stay away from them until you know you think their life has changed or whatever. But I think that's a really great area for a lot of people. It's all all one way or the other. Either you 100% agree or you 100% are enemies, and it's not like that. Right. Amen, Sherry. Amen. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now well, I good. now well I have to close with this. Now I know what they mean by the devils in the details. Uh-huh. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, good study. So we'll see where the Lord takes us next week. Maybe we uh, talk more about this, or maybe we go into the fasting, which is the next piece. Uh, is talking about fasting. It's in a similar, uh, similar approach to everything that we've talked about so far. So uh, now that we've had a complete, or at least a, not a complete for sure, we never have a complete Bible study, but we've had a, a good discussion about prayer. Does somebody want to lead us in a closing prayer? I will. Right. In Jesus' name. Amen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this group and all the fun um, we have as we peel the onion of your word. And uh, we thank you for sending Jesus, for not only coming and taking our sin on himself and being the perfect sacrifice for our sins so that we can live with you for eternity. We thank you for sending him to teach us, teach us how to pray, teach us how to live, teach us how to walk through this life. Because we're on on earth, it's not part of heaven. And we know that uh, this is not our home, that we will have struggles here because of what Adam and Eve, uh, the original sin, we are cursed to to walk this ground and um, toil with the, the uh, thistle. Uh, but we thank you for the example of Jesus, for sending him and for his guidance. We thank you for the Bible, um, which is your inspired word to help teach us. Uh, we thank you for the insight that the Holy Spirit, when um, he's here in our studies every week, he gives us. And we thank you for each and every person um, in this study, how we can be so totally invested um, and open and honest because of the the great friendships that we have developed over these last 10 years and also because of our love for you. So we ask that you bless us this week. Many of us will be traveling uh, for the holidays. We thank you for uh, the holiday of Thanksgiving and the opportunity to come together to give thanks uh, to you and to our families. And we ask for your uh, protection as we travel um, and our uh, protection at our uh, dinner that we won't bring up controversial things that can often destroy dinner. So uh, we, we, we ask your praise in and we uh, seek your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This has been a production of the Fish Meeting Bible Study Group. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week as we continue our study of God's Word. Until then, live what you learned.